MSU bounces back, tipping the Terps and grabbing a W. The Spartan Hoop squad played a not-yet-Champions Classic before trouncing Western Michigan back in the Breslin. Folks, the road to Indy goes through Columbus. And you're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined as always by child birthday attendee Kevin Greck. Greckers, we finally got through the intro. How are you doing? You nailed it. Yeah, I it couldn't have been better. Um, and also, uh, so yes, I, I had to watch this week's game at a uh, first birthday party. Had to uh, or got to? Of someone he didn't know. We should I, really be clear about that. You can't just show up to people's children's first birthdays to watch this is a COVID thing i presume right Uh, that's why (laughs) this isn't an open house but i have to give a i have to give credit where it's due to the hosts the game was on in three different places throughout the house so i could like run from one to another into another into another why did you have to keep changing tvs Uh, why couldn't you just be in one you know people start gathering around and they will you know and people start standing in front of the tv so you have to move on to the next one sure then the crowds Uh, they follow me Michael, you know how it is. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and the other voice you heard is, of course, the also recently promoted, but even more recently demoted listener guest, Alex Plum. How you feeling, Plum? You know, it's all in a day's work. You, you, you win some, you lose some, and you just keep rolling. So, hi-ho, the Dario. Uh, hi-ho, indeed. Thank you all for listening to the pod. If we could ask a small favor, please share the pod with Spartans in your life. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get podcasts. And of course, follow us on the Twitter machine or Instagram at, not or, on both of the platforms, at Spartan underscore pod. Um, Greg, what are we doing in this week's show? Well, it's the green wall. Where football always leads, uh, not just because it's about a nine and one team, but like because it's Michigan State University and football always leads. Then we'll talk about uh, basketball, uh, both the aforementioned Champions Classic and the bounce back win against the Western Michigan bounce back. Broncos. Yes, bounce back. Um, then there's a couple of things that we do want to discuss off Grand River where we talk about the wider world of sports, including uh, Scott Frost getting a little bit of an extension on the old uh, contract. Uh, then we'll preview the upcoming games. Uh, there's a little bit of a match in uh, Cleveland, uh, Columbus, pardon me, Columbus, Ohio. Um, I, who cares where they are? Uh, this weekend on Saturday. And then there are a couple hoops games as well. Uh, one in Indiana and the other one back here at Breslin Center. So uh, we'll cover all of that. And then, of course, as always, take your Twitter questions. Great rundown. Mm-hmm. Just top notch. Yep. You should host a podcast. I, I'm trying. I got, uh, I got my side gig. People hear about it during our ad rolls. <laughs> All right, uh, Plum, it seems like maybe you were most keyed in on this game. Um, and given from some of the text messages we received, you were really deep in it. But uh, let's start on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, you know, Michigan State obviously comes uh, up with a big W, winning 40-21 to 21 over Maryland. So I believe I told you at halftime, if your team puts up 27 points and a half, you have to say one nice thing. 
Please I, tell me one nice thing about the offense. I think, uh, arguably, Peyton Thorne had his best game of the season. Maybe his career. I don't think that's arguably. I think that's for sure. evident. I mean, I, he is, he's closing in on my buddy Kirk Cousins, Dirk Dozens, when he's misbehaving a la COVID. But uh, Kirk Cousins has set the record at Michigan State for tw- 25 season touchdown passes, and Thorne's at 21. So we're looking at what at least three more games, right? For sure, it, yep. it's it's likely he passes him. It's likely yes. he, he passes that. So um, the guy was great, um, and he was a pleasure to watch. Usually, generally, I mean, the flea flicker did not hurt, and maybe that and that alone is the reason why he should be hailed as one of the greatest. Uh, uh, Ken Walker, uh, Greg, uh, you know. Gets his highest season total for carries, yeah. Um, at 30, uh, 30 touches, uh, not including. Uh, did he only get targeted uh, two, including uh, not including two, two receptions. Two receptions. Um, but he uh, nets out at one hundred forty-three yards uh, in the game and a couple uh, scores. Uh, yeah, a couple TDs along at thirty-six, and uh, I think we could say for him a a casual four point eight yards per carry. Sure. Uh, and that's all great. And we've started to take that for granted now. And my chief concern is this was the first game where I thought we started to see a little wear and tear on, on our friend, Kenneth Walker. I, he seemed to be a little slow getting up. He, he didn't have that same pep all the time, although still in the fourth quarter, he was breaking off big runs. So he can turn it on when he needs to. I also saw a little visible frustration, I think, out of him a few times. So I do have my concerns for my friend Kenneth Walker here. Um, fortunately, as we'll, as we'll see in our preview of Ohio State, um, that's a really good team, but they there is potential that he can keep this momentum going. Uh, but now I'm starting to get concerned about his well-being and his longevity here, um, which was due. I mean, that dude gets a lot of touches and he's taken a lot of hits. And uh, I think we're starting to see that, um, you know, maybe he might be a little bit human after all. Um, well, I mean, what do you guys think of that? Yeah, no, no. And anyone would be. I mean, I think that's absolutely right. The observation's right. I'd say also, um, yeah, you know, you notice the tape, I think, I don't know if that would happen before the fourth quarter or not, but he definitely was, was favoring that foot that I think was his left foot. Um, he said he rolled it, he said he rolled his ankle and he thought he could play through it. So, you know, but, um, I think it says a lot about a guy and I think it says a lot about a lot of the guys, you know, you got Halliday's out there with his hand completely wrapped up. Yeah. Using this got a club. club beating people about the head and neck with it. So there's something to say for that too. Um, I think it does cut both ways, but you know, this Saturday is arguably the most important game of the season for us. And um, you hope that, I mean, we'll, we'll get into it. I know when we get there, but you hope that, yeah, their strength remains for that. Yeah. I, you know, I, I will say, um, I, I don't disagree that, you know, it's some of the wear and tear. I think he, it sounds like they knew he was going to be maybe stymied a little bit early, um, based upon his comments after the game and, uh, and some of Tucker's that, you know, they were going to load the box and, and that they were going to have to start winning on some of the one-on-one matchups to make them really pay. And Peyton Thorne did, which is why I think you see, uh, Ken Walker's numbers increase in the back half of the game. Yeah. 
Um, you know, it, I'm not, it was also maybe the, the first cold, pretty cold game that, uh, since he was in New York city for the, uh, the new era, whatever pinstripe bowl, pinstripe bowl, uh, you know, maybe it's just a little bit colder than Ken Walker's used to. I don't know. Um, I assume he's he's spending a lot of this week recovering, though, and they're going to yeah. try and keep him as fresh as possible. Yeah. Um, but the benefit is, uh, like Plum said earlier, Peyton Thorne has the biggest game of his career, I think. I, I think he started off like 9 of 11 or something like that. Um, really opened it up, had some beautiful throws to Jaden Reed, who had a game. It's unfair to Jaden Reed that we haven't started talking to him on, on, sure. about, na- about him until now um although a number of wide receivers got involved you know trey mosley uh was catching uh catching the ball foster was catching the ball um guys are starting to step up in naylor's absence which is really encouraging to see malik carr had a pretty good game Mm -hmm. tyler hunt had a great game um man oh you want to talk about jordan simmons the running back yeah Stepped up. I mean, I think it, for me, Simmons's presence was critical. He had some huge um, rushes. He he broke a couple third downs for us and yep. um, stepped into a space that Walker created, whether because the guy just needed a break or because he was getting stymied looking for holes in the middle that our O-line couldn't open up for him. And uh, Simmons found routes, man, that looked good. I thought he had a huge performance just in terms of a guy that you haven't seen a lot of this season. Um, who performed when he needed to. And I think for, you know, it just comes back. I like to find an example of Tucker's complimentary football um, whenever possible. And I think Simmons fit the bill for me this week. Uh, it, while we're h- handing out plaudits to the, uh, to the running backs, it, it was nice to see Eli Collins back on the field. Yeah. Um, yep. You know, it, it's, it sounds like they're not talking about it, but that he's just been hurt all year. Yep. Um, and so uh, I, not sure if he'll end up taking a medical red shirt for the year um, or just a red shirt. I don't, does he have a red shirt year left? He does not. No, he so, would have used it. No. Well, I mean, you get two now you get your COVID yeah. year and you get your red shirt year. So if last year was his COVID year, then he's still got a red shirt left. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, we'll, you know, we'll see. Um, but it, I, I anticipate he'll be a big part of the team going forward. Um, but yeah, the it to your point, I think I think you were spot on in talking about the complimentary football. It it seemed like it, you're hard pressed to not look at 40 points and say, okay, the you know, even though we had a lot of things that broke our way, that's maybe Maryland punishing itself. Um, I never really doubted our ability to score in this game. Yeah. So, um, do we want to talk about their scoring now? Yeah, yeah, we should let's... definitely talk about the defense. So, Who wants to st- all right, Greg, you got this. Yeah, so uh, here's what I'll say. Um, let's start with the defensive line and the linebackers. Um, now, the Maryland's offensive line, I know, leaves a little bit to be desired, but they, the defensive line in particular, spent a lot of time in the backfield. I, I don't know about you guys, but I'm accustomed to going full seasons without seeing three different intentional grounding plays, much less three in the same game, I do believe. Uh, So you call those sacks, and this was a uh, defensive line that really moved things around and made, uh, you know, tag a, yeah, 
Yeah, Tagovailoa. Yeah. You know, let's Tagovailoa. say this. Let's really say, uncomfortable. Let's say this about that. You know, it got to the point where, so I don't know, if, and maybe I'm the guy that notices referee mechanics, I'm, which is to say I am the guy that notices referee mechanics. Uh, there's something about intentional groundings because it's a spot foul. So mm-hmm. as soon as he goes down, the referee's job is to move to the spot where he was down and stay there until they've confirmed whether or not it is intentional grounding. And for the rest of the game, it seemed like each time he went down, either on a sack or he just, you know, lost yards or whatever, the ref was there <laughs> just to be sure because he, he because he'd done it so many times. And it got to the point, I think on the last one, they didn't even throw a flag, but just his simple reaction of getting there. And then they, they conferenced about it and, uh, and got it right. I know that's a point most meaningless and lost on probably everyone who listens, but I, I think it goes to show that when you do as a referee, when you start to notice these tactics happening, and I think it, it just speaks to the fact that the guy was very out of his, uh, a little out of his gourd toward the end, quite rushed, quite unsettled and not playing his best football. And you got to give the defense some credit for that. Yeah. And you got to give Noah Harvey some credit who stepped in for Crouch in the linebacking core and got involved, man. He was all over the place. He had a huge yeah. day. Uh, and it, it's worth saying that the the D-line did that without Simeon Barrow, who's been one of our best D-tackles. Um, so, and this is, is this right? Because he was ejected in the second half, he missed the whole game? No, no. So he's out, apparently, with an injury. Oh, as well. Uh, because he was second, because he was ejected in the second half, he would have only had to miss the first half of this game. Got you, got you, got you, got you, got you. Got you. Um, he didn't come back at all. Correct. Which, I mean, uh, we can talk more about, you know, some of the other play, but it is worth mentioning, um, you know, Quiveris Crouch out. Um, the cornerback situation still seems pretty banged up. Uh, Brantley, by all accounts, is out for the year. Um, at this point in time, or at least, you know, he's, he's sort of declaring it as such anyway. Um, I, against a, uh, fast paced, you know, uh, offense that can really move it through the air. Yeah. I think they scored on two drives in less than a minute. Um, yeah. if, if memory serves, I mean, yeah, three plays and four plays, I think respectively. Tagalova can, he can, when he gets free. He can, he can make plays. Yeah. yeah. He he can chuck it down the field. He can find guys. He can make plays. Um, so, sorry, continue. Oh, I, I just, I was saying that it, it, my my only point is, I think, you know, it's fair to say we're, we're thin at that position, very thin at that position, and maybe not as talented up as we'd like to be there, um, or as Tucker might want us to be there. But guys came to play and, and seemingly responded well. And oftentimes we're in man coverage, which is dissimilar to what we've been doing for most of the year where largely we've been sitting in zones. Um, so I was pleasantly surprised by the secondary and, and I saw someone noted it in the outline, but just totally turned the page on, on third and fourth downs uh, held Maryland to uh, what was it? three of 13 on third downs and two of five uh, on fourth downs. Yeah. Another big statistic. And obviously, you know, given where they were in terms of the score differential, given how poorly Tegavaloa was doing toward the end of the game, you know, not maybe as surprising on two for five for the fourth downs, but three of 13 on third is uncharacteristically good for this program. This has got to be our best season performance Um, on third down. This is an area that we've struggled with all season, uh, much to everyone's anger, certainly mine. 
Yeah. No, don't say that. <laughs> let's let's you've been bring very up the texts. <laughs> you've been very calm and chill about it. Um, I mean, Xavier Henderson talked about how that was that they this past week in practice, you know, they they did things different than they did for the entire season and made third downs a massive priority. Um, and you know, a lot of the guys were coming in to do extra film work just specific to third downs, and and it seems like their their efforts paid off. You know, TBD on it over the aggregate of the season, what remains of it anyway. But, uh, you know, it, it was nice to see that it got buttoned up. Yeah. Um, do we want to chat anything else about, uh, well, we are, yeah. uh, our listener guest is bringing in a question from another listener. Um, so th- th- we're, we've got some inception going right now. Uh, but John McCoy asked, uh, generally of, of the podcast, um, there was a, a kickoff that took right. place from the 50 yard line for special teams. Um, and why not do an onside kick there? Um, and I thought that was a great point and one that I missed at the time. Um, but what a perfect opportunity to, to try and execute something like that. What's the most that you could potentially give up? Um, those are the types of things that I would expect our special teams coaching staff to uh, ask themselves. Um, well, was Coughlin doing kickoffs? It, I don't know when this was. Well, I think, and I think the response to, to John McCoy's question is another question, which who, who, who is, who the fuck is our kicker? Well, Can I get an answer on that question? Is, is there an answer? That's my point is I don't know that you try that with a walk on freshman kicker. Listen, if, if anyone that listens to the pod knows or loves Steven Rusnak, <laughs> I I need you to go check on him for me, okay? Because I have not ever, I don't recall at least, I don't know, I'm, I must have seen a team, well, Michigan State team miss an extra point, but I you don't have. know when. You, you spent a great deal of time, I believe it was our sophomore year? <laughs> yeah, dude, if you remember John Boom. Goss. It, it's, yeah. Oh, God, it was. There's the potential that you've just taken that memory and you've just buried it deep, I mean, deep the down. things you said about that man <laughs> were truly... I mean, you should probably be arrested for what you know. And and I think the question is, why didn't we have audio devices back then that could record for posterity those wonderful Alexisms? All I'm going to say about Stephen Rusnak, I thank God that we didn't. Don't (laughs) get miss point after tries. You don't that you that you don't get to miss that. They have to do something to you. They have to enter your physical body. They have to invade you in, in in personal, sacred, profane ways to miss the point after a try. Unacceptable, not, not good, very not, bad. I don't like it. He's not scholarship, man. It, he's, it's fine. Stefan, and, this is how you get invaded outside the football field, my friend. <laughs> invaded? You're going to get invaded. Uh, well, all right. So I... Before we say some good things uh, about the special teams, you know, I just want to circle back to after the Rutgers game, because Greg, you and I were like, well, you know, it was really loud, like shockingly loud in there. The penalties, the pre-snap special teams penalties continue. Yeah. And that is inexplicable and inexcusable to me. 
Correct. Also, and, and just to go back for our listeners, um, it wasn't that Rutgers, the crowd was loud. Yes. It was that the Rutgers, audiovisual the equipment. equipment were punishingly loud. So uh, not giving Rutgers credit there, just simply stating what was happening. It really will make your uh, ear bleed. The one ear that is facing the direction of all the speakers. It's terrible. Uh, but anyway, so that was it. It happened again. And I, I truly found myself saying. Where can we leave Rossell's? Because we can't <laughs> leave him on the tarmac. Like, do you just clean out his locker for him? Like, what do you do to send the message? You're not welcome here anymore. It's just all of his junk in the garbage bag right outside Scandalera Center. Just yes. Just start Tuck just start throwing his stuff out the window. Yes. That's the plan. Yeah. Uh, but high points. Behringer. Holy shit. Guy's a dude. A dude, a guy, a gentleman, a chap. He is... Wow. Did he have a 70-yard punt in that game? He had some punts. Man had a punt. Multiple punt. I think they topped out in the high 60s. But 69. They, nice. Yeah. Uh, four punts, average 53 yards, two in the 20, two over 50 yards. I mean, really flipped the field on an offense that was, was quite explosive. Um, I mean, if you're handing out a game ball, I don't know how you, uh, you don't consider handing him one. Uh, oh, man, yeah. And the goggles, the goggles make the whole thing, make the whole thing work. So are we ready to talk about, uh, the atmosphere? Uh, we talked about the atmosphere at Rutgers. We want to talk about the atmosphere in Spartan Stadium on Saturday from three dudes that were not there, by the way. <laughs> yep, but if I was, I would have been staying there. So we bring this up because uh, Coach Tucker took to, took to Instagram, took to social media or whoever his handlers are. And Twitter. And well, all of his various social media platforms to uh, instruct the team to keep chopping, of course, as Match. he will. And then also a uh, not so subtle invitation to the student section to remain at the game in the long term. Now, uh, this is not a new phenomenon. Uh, the students tend to leave games, especially games like these where the weather isn't great. Um, and that has sort of always been the case. Uh, but I thought the stadium looked okay at the beginning of the game on the broadcast, and it seems to still look okay at, at the, in the second half. Um, what do you guys think about, uh, is this fair from Tucker, this request? Plum, I'll let you go first. Yeah, more than fair. Um, he was polite, but firm and, uh, made it an, an, an observation, which is completely born in fact. Um, <clears throat> The this program de depends on. Uh, I'm going to call it the woodshed. I'm still uneasy about it, but it depends on the woodshed being full. It, 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 it they feed on the energy. There's no electricity to it. The guys are traveling to Columbus next week, um, so it's an off week. It, it costs it costs the you know student section nothing to stay an extra 15 20 minutes to see them through. Give them the love they deserve on a comeback win after a pretty demoralizing loss at Purdue. Um, to take with them when they hit the road um, for what is going to be our biggest game of the year. So, no, I think it's completely reasonable. Um, they've got one more home game in the season. They need to show up. They need to be there the entire time, whatever happens next week and or this weekend. And, um, 
yeah, I, I think it was an obvious, very fair request. Problem. Uh, the next home game is during Thanksgiving break. <laughs> yeah. So exactly. very good. <laughs> I, I mean, I would not be, I, I think they need to figure out something to do about that game in the future mm-hmm. anyway. Cause it, it look, I I'm, I'm with Tucker, you know, and I, I get that we're dumb enough to, for, for several cents a week, put out a podcast. Um, and so we have an exceptional level of like delusion and interest in Michigan state sports, but like, I didn't leave. Um, I don't know that it's fair to, I, I don't, you know, I don't know that all the people who participate in the student section have my same level of interest and passion about Michigan state sports. And I don't know how much it's fair for me to thrust that upon them. That said, I do know we put that expectation on people for basketball, which I, no one needs to tell me it's indoors. I'm aware. And I know one needs to tell me that the games are shorter. I'm aware. But we, we've set up a situation where being in the zone is a, a thing you have to sort of earn your right and keep to. Um, wouldn't it be better to have a smaller student section that actually stays for games and wants to be at games? Um, you know, you could offer them better seating as a result of it. Um, you, and, and in the same way that over winter break, um, I believe they do some things with the is zone and, and alumni, right. To yeah. fill the stadium. Maybe the Thanksgiving day weekend is an opportunity for you to do something like that. Mm, because football that, alumni game, that's a challenge. It's a challenging weekend, right? Like, you know, so you've got to figure out a way to pack the woodshed. And call it the deep end. Let's use all of them. (laughs) You don't want to be a puddle program is what I'm trying to say. And to do that, the deep end needs to be deep. Um, I, we should have been to cold games. What's that? It's, it's, it is, it is Michigan. It is football and it is November. Like, I don't know what people expect when they buy season tickets, but like, you're going to have cold games. Yeah. Uh, the thing that I'll point out, and I agree with both of you that it would be better if students should stay. In fact, I used to revel in the fact that I stayed and I would put everyone else's nose in it uh, back when I was in the student section. But uh, this is hardly a problem that is specific to MSU. All across the country, stands are open both in the general public and in the student sections. So I don't know. Would would you guys be embarrassed if MSU started doing like giveaways and certain things to keep people in the stands through the third and fourth quarters? Or or do you think they should start looking at that kind of stuff? We're not yet. We're not there yet. That, that, that to me seems to be something a program does because they're having trouble retaining students in the section when their team is a constant loser. This team is a real Kansas situation. Yeah. This team is nine and one. And I mean, to be fair, I don't even think we're, I think we're making something out of, out of nothing kind of to an extent right now The the student section has been fantastic all season. Um, I think we should be very proud of them. I certainly am. They have done a lot and the team has given them a lot to be happy about. This was uh, an error in decision-making born of the insanely bad weather that just no one wanted to be in. And the fact that we were up by 20, so you get it. And they were admonished appropriately and yeah, I guess it's not going to be great. (laughs) going into Thanksgiving, but all things considered, you know, hopefully the admonishment is enough to make a few of them decide that they need to be at the game uh, when we play Penn State. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
All right. Anything else we want to say on this? No. Uh, let's talk about uh, let's talk about the program and its attempts. It's pretty obvious attempts, I think, to keep Tucker here. Yeah. Uh, so uh, let's let's do this in in two spaces. You know, um, we'll start with some of the rumors that have come out, and and they've seemed to have escalated in a way that it's like either Rico Beard somehow is really crafted a great game of telephone or uh it is indeed true and it seems i think from from folks uh that would know more than us that um msu is is calling anyone with a piggy bank um to try and keep tucker around uh it's expected that there's currently renegotiating this contract or uh they're getting close to finalizing a renegotiation uh, and a big piece of this, I don't know so much has to do with his contract, but about MSU's commitment to winning. Mm-hmm. And that has to do with his staff and facilities. And MSU landed what I can assume, only assume is a part of a multi-phased, uh, uh, please give us money campaign, but brings home a $10 million gift uh, for the MSU football building, which the is... Tom Izzo, Michigan State football building. <laughs> Yes, which Plum has some thoughts on, but uh, go ahead. I'm I'm but, gonna lose my shit in a second, but you go first. Uh, Matt Ishbia, uh, you, like, let's put this in context about how I mean, ten million dollars is obviously a s- stupid amount of money, but the, you know, Matt Ishbia, who made a an insane level gift, twenty million was was uh, put towards the Tom Izzo football building. I mean. Something that's half the size of that gift is just a, a monumentally large, large gift and it is a big deal. And I think there's been two more million dollar gifts that we haven't even covered in the meantime. Mm-hmm. So the things are happening. Uh, go ahead, Plum. Uh, wh- what's on your mind, my friend? Okay, I I like naming things after people that we love and respect as much as the next guy. I think it's great. I think it honors them. Tom Izzo is the kind of guy that doesn't care, doesn't ask for it, doesn't need it, doesn't want it, knows that his reputation speaks for itself, knows that his reputation will always speak for itself. Uh, you, you College basketball is synonymous with Tom Izzo for every reason, all of it earned. So naming the football center after Tom Izzo makes about as much sense as naming it after me. Who the hell am I? What do I have to do with? What does Tom Izzo have to do with football? Nothing. Nothing. Not a thing. There are a thousand things. Fuck, rename the Breslin (laughs) the Izzo Center. I mean, there's so many things that make sense. Naming the football center after him makes no sense. And and I think I'm going to go further. Not only does it make no sense... I actually think it's pandering and it's embarrassing. And whether it was Gilbert or Ishbia or the two of them together, I think it actually serves as a demerit on Izzo's legacy. It makes it, it's craven. It's, it's sycophantish. It's, it is garing and it is, uh, it's noisome. I don't like any of it. I vote no on all of it. And I think Izzo probably does too. And I don't think any of us should be surprised in the next few weeks when they quietly scrub his name from the, the, football center and rename it something more appropriate stupid that's not happening (laughs) that last part's not happening as much as i appreciate you had the uh the thesaurus open and just reading off all the different words uh it it happened because ishbia wanted you know ishbia wanted to give as much money as possible to 
or, you know, he wanted to maximize the money given for athletics and the athletics, uh, you know, group decided that the football building was the best place to do that. So he gets his his name. That's how the system worked. Uh, They're also naming the court after him for whatever it's worth. Oh, they are. Oh, that's right. I've kind of forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so this is all part of a much wider, larger campaign to demonstrate to Tucker that this is a serious program and it means business. I mean, there's not much higher that you can go on his salary. You don't have to, he doesn't deserve yet, uh, Saban money, you know, for example. <laughs> so like when you're already the 15th highest paid coach, it, there's really not much more for you to do. Like I'm not going to expect him to get much more than a million, million five more a season in this renegotiated contract. If we do get to find out about the terms, uh, the really important thing is going to be everything around uh, his contract. The facilities is really what I'm interested in. Exactly. Exactly. So you got to think that this $10 million gift was already in the works. It just got accelerated a little bit. I mean, it's not like, it's not like, you know, you open up the Rolodex a few weeks ago, once the LSU rumors uh, start up and then, you know, out of nothing comes a $10 million gift, but we'll see what else uh, has been in the works here. Yeah. But I I mean, either way, exciting. I think, uh, when we don't have quite as much going on, maybe, uh, after, after the Penn state game, we can spend a little bit of time and, and chat about sort of the virtues or not of, of this kind of spending. But, um, either way, I mean, it, I, I think we're all at least of the camp that, uh, you know, Tucker's proving his value anyway, uh, in within two years. So big, um, big lead. Yes. yes. Uh, should we take a quick break and then chat some hoops? Let's do it. Let us. Thank you, Rich Uncle Moneybags, That's for right. being our sponsor. What was uh, that comment from earlier about cents? We get paid cents an episode. I mean, I didn't want to flex too much. You know, yeah. I could have said nickels. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's let's switch over <sighs> and to some hoops chatting and uh a game was played at madison square garden uh and msu takes home an l losing 74 to 87 to the kansas jaybirds yeah uh this was um not a great game i mean i i don't know what you guys thought i thought kansas looked sloppy they pulled it together at the end but um, I was not that overall impressed by this team, um, in that game. I, I, I mean, I guess it was better than last year. Uh, as we talked about last week, there have been some notable departures. There are some guys that came in, um, but there, there's going to be, uh, frustrations this season with this squad, uh, that were evident in that game. So I actually thought that uh, I thought the team was fine. <laughs> like, it, you know, I'm as susceptible to the overblown reactions to uh, November basketball with Izzo or inevitably come January when he decides to drop two in a row um, or three or four that, you know, that the world is ending. But 
I I saw this game, and if Kansas truly is a, a top flight team in the country, I thought we were fine. It, like if if you are are in a year where you're bringing on new talent at at a lot of levels, including a transfer up, mm-hmm. um, you know, with departures and unclear leadership, and you know, like there's all all and and after particularly coming off of just a. a Last year was hard to watch. It was. It was yeah. I mean, it wasn't just the losing. It was just, it was not good basketball. Um, and so I saw, a, a, in my mind anyway, I saw a team that that looked like it had potential to get better. And and particularly with a transfer up point guard and, you know, AJ Hogard taking over big minutes there, I you're going to see some growing pains with this team. But sure. I think that's, I think what's important is with this team, I think you see growth the potential is there. I I will say, I don't think this Kansas team is the number three team in the country right now. I think it's got potential probably to get there at some point, but the pieces are now gelling. I will say that MSU is a very young team and that Kansas team had some dudes that were legit like 26, 28 on that team. So there's that element to it. Um, I, the, I don't think the offense is all the way there yet. I've been surprised the way that the half court sets have been run um, yep. to date. So there's still some things, you know, the ball screen stuff still has to get worked out. Roles still have to get worked out. Um, if we can sort of mix this with the Western game. Um, well, can we, can we just real quick? We could, I think it, we would be doing ourselves a disservice if we didn't at least shout out AJ Hogard's performance specifically in the Kansas game. Okay. I mean, 17 points, um, the assist to turnover weren't great, but he, he got that buttoned up later on, but, uh, you know, four assists, two rebounds, um, uh, uh, <clears throat> but the, what'd you think of, uh, Gabe's game? Well, we've got a question about that later, but the, but AJ, uh, was one for two from, from three point. Like he had a jumper in this game that mm-hmm. we've not seen from him. Um, and so I just, you know, I, I'm not saying we're going to get 17 points a night out of AJ Hogard regularly at all. Yeah. But that he has a three point shot now is important for this team. And he's pushing in transition. He's looking yeah. to get his, um, there are, there are reasons to be encouraged. I agree with you. I just, I think him and Tyson Walker are sort of a nice little fastball changeup combination. Mm. Uh, you, you can, you know, all of a sudden just really change the pace of the game by swapping out your point guard. Sure. Um, if we if we started to mix in the Western game here, yeah. uh, I just worry that this is a team with like four third options on it. I, I really there are going to be times and MSU all MSU basketball fans can relate to this feeling of looking at a looking at the five guys on the court and wondering who is going to score the basketball of these five gentlemen. You mean that was last year? Yes, yes. And I think we're going to see some of that again this year. Uh, Gabe had a great game against Western Michigan upper deck jerk guy. Uh, So you would like to think that he is going to step up, but he didn't in the Kansas game, really. So I'm afraid that the same Gabe Brown that we've always had is going to be there. You know, Gabe's going to come in. He's going to do some crazy oops. He's going to hit some threes. And then you're not going to hear from him for another like seven minutes. And then he'll come back in and he'll do like a thunder dunk. And then, you, you know, you won't hear from him again. 
for a while. Um, so those are my concerns. Uh, not that it mattered in that Western game. And in, in the first half, it was a little tight. Uh, they actually kind of looked like evenly matched teams for a little bit. But then obviously in the second half, things got a little got a little away uh, from the from the Broncos with Beardis White going down to what looked like a pretty substantial injury, although it wasn't clear what it was. Um, you have to think that the staff already knew about that probably. Mm-hmm. Um, but what did you guys think about the team in the Western game? Uh, go ahead, Plum. No, I was going to say, I, I did not have the emotional bandwidth to watch either of these games. I, uh, <laughs> watch the highlight reel. Uh, I just, I don't have the bandwidth. I can't, there's too much happening with football and I'm already unstable as it is. So I, you know, as I say, mm-hmm. Tucker gets November, I'll give, uh, I'll give, I'll give Izzo December onward. Um, so I'll just, <clears throat> I'm going to circle back one other thing on, on, as it relates to Kansas, because I think you can tell more, I think in some ways there's more to tell about the team from the Kansas game because Kansas is much better than sure. Western. Um, David McCormack, uh, was, uh, is one of their big men. Um, and you know, it, the big 10 is going to be filled with big bodies who are very talented. Um, and he got, he only had 10 points and two rebounds. Uh, that's, uh, coming off of last year where he was like a 13 and six guy. Um, and I think that's pretty telling about the job that Marcus Bingham and, and to a lesser degree, uh, Julius Marble did at the five spot. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, holding a guy like that to two boards is a big deal. Uh, when you're looking at Mar- the Marcus Bingham experience, um, and, and he, he made him work for every point he got. So, um, I, you know, transitioning back to the Western game, I, I don't know there. I, I liked AJ Hogard's, uh, performance there, uh, seven assists to two turnovers was pretty great. You know, only seven points, but who cares? That's not, you know, again, 17 points isn't what, what you need out of AJ. Um, you need him to be able to do the half court. I think some of the talent differential also makes Western hard to evaluate because we were able to run the ball a lot more um, than you will ever be able to do in big 10 play. Um, It's clear. I, you know, all the nonsense about Tyson Walker and Joey Hauser having a thing. I think that's true. Um, I think it's true that AJ and Marcus seem to work really well together. Malik Hall. I'm, I have concerns about. He's a guy that I think uh, I would have liked to have seen more of a step from this year and mm-hmm. like talk about people that it's not even like Gabe Brown will like poke his head out and be like, Hey, remember me? Hey boo. Uh, Malik is for a captain. I just, I don't know that I've been seeing it out of him. Um, yeah. I mean, well, he comes off the bench in both, both of these games. Um, he puts up fair numbers of minutes in each of them. Um, he's kind of the, I mean, he puts up more minutes than like, you know, Marcus Bingham, but that's, you know, we know why with Marcus yeah. Bingham and, and his conditioning. Uh, but yeah, only, you know, four attempted shots, uh, in the Western game, only converting on one of those, um, only three boards. And we're all in, in his 21 shots? minutes. Wait, are you, 
you're looking at the Western game or are you looking at you're looking at Kansas? I'm looking at the Western game. No, I'm looking at the Kansas game. Pardon me. Um I know it's not the story's back and sto- forth. Story's not much different in the other one. Right. Um except he's 0 for three from three point land in the Western game. Um you know, it, your question earlier about who's gonna be the guy who scores. I don't want to get, uh, you know, there's not, it's not enough to know that it's for sure true, but if Max Christie ends up finding a, I, and you have to assume that he's going to get a little bit more comfortable, not that he looks uncomfortable, but just the game's going to find him a little bit more. Um, I got to believe he's the guy that you're counting on to get you a bucket when you need a bucket. True freshman in the big 10. It's tough. Uh, I mean- I don't know who this team is going to look at. Yep. I mean, he's going to get the opportunities. That's the, that's the benefit for Max Christie, personally. Yeah. But there were times, particularly in that Kansas game, where he looked like a freshman. So yep. we'll see. We'll uh, see. Tyson Walker is also someone I want to see shoot the ball a bit more. I mean, only three shots in the Kansas game. Like, what is going on, my dude? Um gets uh goes four for seven against western including one for two from three-point land um <laughs> i think tyson walker is a guy who you need to see more shot attempts from just to free everyone else up yeah. if no one takes him seriously as a shooter then that's gonna we're gonna have the same problem we had last year yeah he's got to look to get his a little bit yeah. more um uh, I guess so early impressions of the team. I, I think I'm in just a, it's fine. It's, it's all going to be okay. Um, it's, this is going to be a tournament team. We're going to be competitive in the big 10 mm-hmm. and it'll be fine. Yeah. There are more pieces than last year. There's reason to be optimistic. Yeah. Um, something, something, something national signing day. We'll do that at some point. Um, Plum, you want to talk about water polo real quick? You, yeah. you, should we go to uh, should we go off scholarship for a minute? Okay, you know what? Just because. What are the other club sports we have? Okay, all right. I don't think I thought all the pools were filled in. I'm confused. Oh my god! Oh my god! Listen, the MSU men's uh, water polo team are national champions. They just beat. Uh, is it Stanford? I think it was Stanford in uh, the final seconds of the game to win the... No, sorry, University of California, San, uh, San Diego. In the final seconds to win it, uh, 12 to 11. Um, so that's a great win. Anything that the uh, team can do uh, in their speedos to make Michigan State look good is uh, fine by me. So go team, go. Way to bring it home. And uh, can't wait to pick up a natty in football and a natty in basketball this season as well. That's the Trinity, right? That's the Trinity. Uh, Water polo, football, basketball. That is the Trinity. And we've got to give a shout out to Nate C for flagging the water polo, uh, you know, club championships uh, for us. So much appreciated, Nate. Here, here. All right. Let's really quickly, let's discuss, uh, let's go off Grand River. Let's discuss Nebraska. Uh, It's been announced that uh, they are extending Scott Frost for, uh, for at least next season, right, at Nebraska. Yeah, I've not seen the details of the contract other than I know he's taking a pay cut. So uh, there's no doubt that they've been close this year a number of times. There's also no doubt that they beat themselves in each one of those. That's a coaching thing, right? So I I really don't know what to make of this. Um, What did you all think when you heard this news? 
I think that the people who decry uh, participation trophies and youth sports for millennials have uh, rewarded Scott Frost for something that he abjectly does not deserve. Um, hell, Washington just fired their guy. I know we're not going to get into it, but uh, for much less, much less. And uh, Frost has earned his uh, early retirement about 16,000 times over. So, LOL. Personally, I'm a huge fan of it. Anything to keep uh, Nebraska and others from being potential competitors, I'm here for. And I think having Scott Frost can you know maintain the helm is, is just good for our program. I mean, you have to remember he is 15 and 27 right now yeah. in four seasons. 15 and 27. Do the people in the brand, I mean, this used to be a story awful. program, right? Yeah. So there's some thoughts that part of this has to do with um, actually because they left the Big 12, that it, it altered what their recruiting footprint was huh. because they used to be able to rec- recruit Texas better. Um, you know, they were on TV there, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know how much any of that is actually true or matters, but that was some of the argument as to Nebraska's downfall. Um, I, I will say this, Scott Frost got a Harbaugh deal in many ways. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting about Scott Frost and Jim Harbaugh, yeah, a number of ways. Yeah. Is that they are both the savior. Um, they are the ultimate Michigan man, Nebraska man you know, former quarterback who won big. And what do you do when you've already done your nuclear option? Yeah, like, who do you work. bring next? Uh, who who goes to Nebraska after this? Uh, otherwise, you have to say, Cincinnati just joined the Big 12. Are they a better program than us? Well, here's what you definitely <laughs> don't do. You definitely don't look in the mirror and acknowledge that the 90s aren't coming back and that maybe you have to do something different. Runza. The program isn't what you think it is or you've convinced yourself it is. That's not an option. You can't be doing that. So you restructure the contact with the devil that you, the contract with the devil that you know. Yeah. Um, in terms of recruiting, I I know that athletic directors aren't going to the 24-7 you know, recruiting rankings every day. But right now, for the class of 2022, uh, which we've talked a lot about at MSU. Uh, Nebraska ranked is at 17. dead last in the no. conference. Dead last. Nine three-star commitments. Wow. To put that oh, in wow. perspective, Illinois has 17 three-star commitments. Wow. And to put that in perspective, Northwestern has two four-stars and 12 three-star commitments. So that's what you're dealing with right now. That's the future of this program. And it's not like transfer guys are going to be knocking down the door to go play at Nebraska next season. So maybe, wow. so, okay, well, in light of that, maybe not, now the context is becoming clearer. So, I mean, with that, who else are they going to pay nothing to to do something? And all that Scott Frost has left now is his pride. If he can't salvage what he was brought on to do, then... I mean, certainly no one else can. You can't, I mean, transfer portal or not be damned. Nebraska is not probably the place folks want to journey to. So I don't, yeah, maybe that, maybe this is the right play for them. I don't know, dude. I don't know. Uh, Wow. Yeah. I'm just, now I'm going down a wormhole. Last year they were 20. The year before that they were 20. 71st in the nation. Wow. It's going to be, I mean, when you're a perceived dead man walk in, it's probably hard to recruit. 
Um, so sure. maybe there's going to be some kind of bump as a result of this. And maybe they're really close on a number of guys. Uh, but right now, things don't look good for Nebraska long term. I mean, recruiting, I, I appreciate what MSU has gained in the transfer portal in some ways. But recruiting is still the lifeblood, the long term lifeblood of the uh, team, as much as That's- I prefer to ignore it. That's what Tucker says, uh, which also, you know, probably a reason we should publish the deal if we get one with him. Oh, for sure. I mean, if the university can get (laughs) Tucker to extend, you're going to hear about it immediately. Uh, Yeah, uh, which I I don't think we took a time to to just dunk on Minnesota and them extending PJ Fleck. But another time. uh, I mean, they're winning right now. Um, Yeah, I guess. But his record is. Their record, well, it, I think at this point everyone's beating Iowa because uh, it ends up being you can't just turn the ball over that often and have that be a sustainable formula for success. But um, and Gary Barta deserves to watch a lot of losing football after his rankings. Um, anyway, do we want to talk some preview? Let's do it. Uh, it's a big game. It's a big game on Saturday, gentlemen. Would you say it's the game? <laughs> No, we. I mean, game day. Game that. day is there, so one might say if the game day is there, it's the game. It's the game of the week, anyway. Uh, from everything I've heard from people that visited both, uh, noon kickoff was way better than game day. That's, that's what I've heard too. Yeah. So uh, it's Ohio State, and it is also noon on ABC on Saturday, and the line is Ohio State by like a billion and a half <laughs> points right now. <laughs> yeah. So they're coming off a, and this is why, because they're just coming off of a giant win against Purdue. Not in that it means a lot to them as a program, but in terms of they scored 60 points against Purdue, 59-31. And that team and that offense in particular is clicking right now. They're, they're averaging 46 points a game. That's the number one scoring team in the Big Ten. They're the number one passing team in the conference as well. Um, they're about fifth in rushing yardage. Um, and CJ Stroud is on those same, uh, their quarterback is on those same Heisman lists that, uh, that Ken MSU's Walker. running back is. So that, that, ba- I mean, it, it makes for a, a big game on Saturday, but it makes for a tough one to, uh, to win for the Spartoons. Yeah. Um, but their, uh, their defense, not fantastic, right? No, no. So the defense is, is like eighth in the conference in total yards. And then some of their individual statistics actually like really kind of fall apart. I believe, um, you know, they're like really bad in allowing like third down conversions, I think. And their red zone efficiency is really poor as well. But, um, I mean, they're still, I mean, they can stop other teams and MSU's defense is, is last, uh, in the conference in yards per game. So, um, I think we're also, uh, our, our past defense is last in the country. I think it's improved now with these Maryland numbers. I, oh, I think, we're no longer one thirty. I don't think it's one thirty anymore. I think it's up in the like, you know, low triple digits <laughs> but whoa don't get me too hot and bothered over here but like progress you look at how cj stroud just completed 31 of 38 passes against purdue for five touchdowns and 9.5 yards per and it's just like what what's he gonna do to msu's secondary 
Well, has anyone been able to to do anything to disrupt their offense? The answer is not really. <laughs> so you got some keys to the game here then? Key to the game. Uh, rattle him. Maybe break him in half. Uh, that was something that MSU used to do in the beginning of the season. Bring it back. Now's the time. Break that dude in half. <laughs> if you get your hands on him, give him the old Tanya Harding treatment. All right. <laughs> Anyone yeah. else we need to we need to bring a bat for? Uh oh yeah. And then Henderson as well. Um, <laughs> because that dude, you know, he's not Kenneth Walker, but uh Yet. he's he's also very good. So the defense needs to have their best game, and Kenneth Walker needs to just lift himself up and levitate into the end zone uh on every single possession basically best breakdown yet so <laughs> key to the game uh jay johnson uh invent levitation yep um and give it to kenneth walker specifically uh do you think we see a flea flicker in this game no i don't think so i don't think there's going to be any flea flickers uh ohio state if you're listening don't prepare for the flea flicker <laughs> bite <laughs> bite, bite on that on that pitch bite on it real hard on the run <laughs> um all right we've got some hoops which uh we'll just say uh we're not going to talk about the uh the emu game mostly because the big 10 network has decided that it it matters so little that they put it on btn plus i mean mean i don't understand like there's no reason you can't stream it for people who subscribe right. to the channel, like it's inexcusable. Anyway, uh, the but we are playing Butler Wednesday yeah. at seven on FS1 at Hinkle um, Fieldhouse. Big, big game. And is this a? It is. It, Gavin. You know what game this is? It, oh. It's a. It's a Gavit game. Ah, my man, Dick. Dick. Dick Gavit. Gavit game. Greg has lived for the Gavit game since they started, <laughs> and even before. I, you know, uh, I just sit around during football Saturdays, just so sad that they're not Gavit games. <laughs> that was all that. Like, I'm that meme from a very serious man or whatever. I'm like standing in the emptied pool, and then I'm like standing at the bottom of the driveway, and that's my life when there's no Gavit games on the TV. It's they only come once a year, my friend. I just really hope that we get a nice 10 minute profile of that dude's son <laughs> again. It's the best part. <laughs> and when they ask coaches to respond about their favorite memories of Gavit, rarely do they have any. They're like, I, I, uh, you know, <laughs> he was a guy. Gavit games. <laughs> uh, but Butler, uh, uh, good program. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, I mean, Hinkle Fieldhouse. Um, is is one of the like one of the cathedrals of college basketball. So you know that this was on Izzo's list. You know that he's psyched about this. And you know that Butler deserves payback for what happened in the final four years ago. So mm -hmm. here and here. Speaking uh, of giving someone the Tanya Harding treatment, let's yeah. get all of them. Uh Butler, uh, for those who are curious, 61st in Ken Palm. Uh, 71 in offense, 53rd in defense. If you're looking for a comparison point with your Michigan State Spartans, we're currently 26th in Ken Palm, 44 in offense, 12 in defense. So um, 
you know, uh, it's on the road though. Uh, I is I don't know if there's a spread, but um, it, it's I think it's a little bit too early for us to do in much breakdown, just because the 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 team is still evolving at this point in time. Um, if you're looking for something to watch, I I tend to believe that the thing to watch in this game more than anything else is Tyson Walker and that half court offense because they clearly have not figured it out. So how much progress that they've gotten in since the Western game on working that half court offense. Um, I think you'll probably see it show up in this game. Um, for for what it's worth, Butler three and O, but they've played IUPUI central Arkansas, Arkansas, Arkansas and Troy. So can I just say IUPUI is my favorite school name. Booey pooey. (laughs) All right. Let's head to Twitter questions. Uh, and we'll start with Eric Ozanic who asks, give us the recipe for the upset at the shoe. Eric, I think the answer is Tanya Harding. That's right. <laughs> and levitation, apparently. I mean, look, I, I will say this. It, it is not that long ago, really not that long ago, that our starting quarterback was injured and uh, we were not sure how we were going to be able to win the game without him with two backups who had never like played a snap. Um. And against Ezekiel Elliott, and who was the quarterback on that team? Also, someone very big and important, right? Um, um, oh my God, why, why am I blanking on this? But doesn't yes. matter. But Urban Meyer went out to a bar afterwards, and instead of you know doing anything else, he just got some pizza and ate it sad the next day. Um, so I, I don't know, Eric, it, like. It wasn't that long ago that magic seemed to happen at the shoe for us. So, um, and and I I will say this: I think this game, Braxton, more. Th- oh uh, my gosh! Thanks. Uh, this game oh. more than any other game to to Mel Tucker means a lot because last year I think he was genuinely embarrassed. Um, and there and it was it was it, it's not about winning or losing. It's it's about the sort of amount of professionalism you have on the sideline, and I think he didn't feel like he had it last year. Uh, Greg, this one I think is for you. I, Plum, I don't oh know that God. you're a Taylor Swift stan over is there. But, uh, can't Taylor Swift just vent her girl uh, to her girlfriends at brunch? Do we need 10 minutes of this on SNL? Oh my God. Is this question from Eric Ozanic or is this Lauren Hill strumming my pain right now? Good God. The y- y- Eric, if you only get it on SNL, you're a very lucky man. My entire weekend has been... <laughs> just the 10 minute version of all too well over and over and over again in a different mediums in a different places <laughs> like what do you mean like apple music and then youtube or apple music and well then, there's like, a Spotify? short film michael there's now this live performance on the saturday night live which i've seen uh there's just the regular recorded version um there's the old version then you have to compare the two uh bro it's a it's been a lot of Taylor this weekend. It's been a lot. <laughs> Plum, do you want to comment on Greg in any way? Uh, I, no, I'm going to let him have this one. Everyone's allowed okay. one. He gets this one. <laughs> okay. I like that. Um, uh, John, I don't know how to pronounce this. E uh, asks. Rank <laughs> this is so unfair. Through- <laughs> He's asked us so many times to say it right. <laughs> I know. It is. But the asking means you just asked for this. Uh, anyway, Plum, he asks, rank one through four, what grinds your gears most? 
the MSU pass defense, no booze sold at Spartan Stadium, UM fans, or Myers with the S in quotation marks. Okay, so I'm guessing the rank one is your most grinded and rank four is your least grinded. Indeed, yes. So my four is Myers because I say Myers and I add an S to everything. (laughs) So not not ground, unground by that. Um, and then uh, number three is my, is UM fans. I don't really care about UM fans. They're a constant in life, like death and taxes. You just expect it. So they fulfill what they're expected to fulfill. And that is, um, sad energy. Um, and then I think number, actually they were in order. Number two is no booze at Spartan stadium, but yeah, MSU pass defense. Uh, what, what passes for uh secondary, ha uh-huh. ha definitely what gets my goat the most. Greg, can we, uh, can you add some contrast here? Uh, I've got a very similar list. Um, I I don't know where to put U of M fans though. I get it. I think I'm going to move them up one. Um, I, I now having been at a couple, uh, you know, away games with booze in the stadium. I it's nice. I'll say that. Uh, but uh, in terms of affecting my life on a day to day, having to be around U of M fans is is worse than that. So. Also, if we sold booze, what would happen to Dana Nessel? You know, right? right. What would Dana do? Poor her. What would Dana, Dana do? do? I'm uh, outraged. I'm so outraged. Uh, next up, John McCoy. Oh, we already uh, gave a shout out to this one, yes. uh, John. Uh, all right, next up, Mike Jones, not me. Someone tell me why we barely blitzed versus Purdue. And he says, parenthetically, yeah, I'm like Harbaugh complaining about calls from two weeks ago still. Uh, sure seemed to work pretty well yesterday. Little Tua struggled while needing to move in the pocket. Blitz someone every play. F it. <laughs> I, I, I don't Where's he wrong? I, I think the blitzes were attempted against Purdue. I think they just weren't as effective against Purdue. I don't think they got home. I think yeah. there's part of that. We did seem to blitz more uh, against Maryland. Yes, yes. Uh, we were in man more often. But I, I just, Mike, I'll say this. I really, there's enough brain power on the defensive side of the ball on this team that I don't think they're doing this. I, You, you can't tell me that Mel Tucker's like, yeah, I want to give up a lot of yards. 130th is exactly where I want to be on pass defense. <laughs> Like I, I just, as someone who has successfully coached the defensive secondary at, at pretty high level programs. And then we have Harlan Barnett who has coached successful secondaries for Michigan state. I, I just, I, I can't, I can't abide by the notion that they they're enjoying this or that they're not trying to fix it. Um, next up from Mike Jones, OSU hung 45 in the first half against Purdue, three guys with nine plus catches in the game. Easily the best wide receivers we'll see. How many points do we need to score to keep this game close? 50, 69, 240. Can we petition the Big Ten to allow us to play with two extra guys on D? Would it even help? We do have Powers Warren, so we can call his dad. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, I keep hearing on Twitter. It's the whole reason we have him on the team. Uh, I mean, why Michigan lost. We asked for elevation uh, to do the scoring, but two extra guys on D would also help. So let's add that in. Um, and I think it, w- I think it would help, uh, as long as those guys were also armed with lead pipes. I, I will say this though. 
I suspect that if we score 35 points in the game, which I know is a lot of points, but if we are able to score at, if we're at a 35 point level, then the game is competitive. So that's all I'll say. Um, Unless they score 60. Yeah, maybe. The uh, <laughs> last up from Mike Jones, I'm going to take this one. Have any of you put up your Christmas tree yet? When is an acceptable time to put up said Christmas tree? He comments, the girlfriend keeps asking to do it. Keep telling her it will ruin my Thanksgiving if she does. Speaking of Turkey Day, what's your favorite side dish? Uh, so first of all, Mike Jones, I need to ask you, please, in future Twitter questions, stop putting spaces between each line like you're a poet or something. It makes formatting this situation very difficult. But <laughs> you raise a great question. Put more in, Mike Jones. Uh, the, uh, so, uh, my son is at an age where, uh, he really enjoys outdoor decorations and got super into, uh, Halloween decorations. And every day at daycare, we would drive and he would point out all the decorations each and every day. And then Halloween passed and there were no more decorations and he keeps asking where they are. And he says, oh, they're sleeping. So we have Christmas decorations up, Mike, because... You do things for your kids to make them happy. Let your girlfriend be happy. No, that ruins Thanksgiving. She's an idiot. She, she's not a child. She's an adult. You tell her to shut up. Also, Mike, uh, I you think tell her to shut up. For me, stuffing might be my favorite side dish. No, but don't move there, on from this, Mike. If there's a mac and cheese there, I'm interested for sure. Don't move on from Plum, this, Plum, what's Michael, your favorite you side beta dish? cuck. Oh, my God. I like, <laughs> like, I like Mike Jones' girlfriend, but I will say uh, it, it's a bad take for sure. Decorations don't go up unless you have a two-and-a-half-year-old or uh, it's things. He's three now. He just turned three. Fine. Finally, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, I know this is really embarrassing, but I don't care. My favorite side dish is canned cranberry sauce. The one that comes out in a gelatinous oh, wait, blob. We've, we've had this question. It retains its, it bothered yes, me. It's shape. Yes. We take it, this question the every one, season. Yes. It was ribbed for his pleasure. Yes. I believe is it, where we went. It yes. was and will yet be. Ah, very good. <laughs> All right. Next up, John Hubbard. Do you have any thoughts on public universities carrying water for the military and its soft core propaganda campaign flyovers with military themed warmups and sideline apparel? John, I got a lot of thoughts. On yeah, this. go ahead, Jonesy. Uh, so first of all, uh, the military apparel on the one hand, some of it looks really fucking cool. Like some of the stuff Tucker was wearing. I want to own that and I don't own anything camo. But it all feels very, it, it's not it, like, let's take out the, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to set your, your sort of propaganda stuff to the side for the moment. Mm -hmm. um, it all feels very performative and I'm not a veteran, uh, obviously, but uh, I, so I, I would defer to, to folks who are and whether they, they find that this makes them feel uh, seen and included and appreciated in ways that maybe they don't the rest of the year. Uh, if it does, then I would be willing to hear those things. Um, but, you know, that's this week. We still do a lot of the carrying of the water uh, the rest of the year. Um, and I don't, I don't know how much I like the carrying of the water phrase, but I used it. Um, but I don't see the value in spending the money for the flyovers. Like I, I, there's a dollop of patriotism on football that I don't know that you need. 
Um, well, the NFL doesn't, as you'll recall. Um, the, the armed forces are subsidizing the NFL by allowing for all of this stuff at the beginning of games. I don't think it's the same thing with the the college game. I think we're subsidizing the flyover. Um, it seems like, a, like you want to talk about cutting athletic spending. Let's cut the flyovers. Yeah, it does seem like a good place not to do it. Um, it's not my favorite thing on the planet. Plum, you have anything on this? Uh, I'm with you on this. I, I don't, I mean, you know, I'm, yeah, I don't, yeah, I, yeah. Go into the Spartan Athletics store, though, and tell me some of the that stuff is not cool uh, gear. No question. No doubt. I'll, so no I'll doubt. take a look at it for you. Uh, next up from John Hubbard. Is it true, or isn't it true, pardon, that Cincinnati's success these past couple of years as a result of the foundation Mark D'Antonio laid from 2004 to 2006? Why is Fickle getting all the credit? This is a great question, John. And I'm sorry, I got to jump in here because Brian Kelly got a lot of credit Mm -hmm. for things that Mark D'Antonio did. And Luke Fickle hasn't even killed a person. Yeah. So I don't understand why he's getting any credit. At least Brian Kelly proved that he's hard. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my (laughs) God. But not a bad take. Uh, last from John Hubbard, MSU has to play the perfect game this week in Columbus. How are you going to contribute? What are you going to do to ensure the gods smile favorably upon our Spartan team? After every uh, made extra point, there will be made extra points. I'm going to do the windmill all over the place, all Geiger. throughout the house uh, to bring that energy back for this game. <laughs> we got to do our shots pre, mid, and post. Oh, yeah, to... we had some shots to make up for. Yeah. Because I didn't uh, have my one-year-old birthday shots. <laughs> so we're just going to keep the traditions alive. I think that's, I think that's the answer. Uh, Plum is going to find a new relative of his boyfriend's to embarrass himself in front of. Yeah. It's really a low bar for me. <laughs> and yeah, we're going to keep it alive. Uh, Colton, next up. Colton first, Rose wants to know. Uh, can first Dan- time. Yeah. Colton, thank you. Welcome. Uh, can D'Antonio fill in next week at D coordinator? <laughs> I think, I think D'Antonio is going to be fundraising probably in, in Columbus. He's going to be there, right? Uh, probably Ohio yeah. guy, uh, big game. He'll, you know, have the opportunity to just be right there on the, on the turf. Yeah, I think so. I think he'll be there. I would bet. Yeah. Bump into some recruits. Oopsie. Uh, next up. Eman Sinner asks, seeing as the CFP decided head-to-head doesn't matter, this is in reference to U of M being ranked ahead of MSU. Gary Bart is a moron. Yep. Assuming that U of M and MSU both end 10 and 2, what are what results of the next two games and need to happen for MSU to jump Michigan? We talked about this before we hit record, but what do you guys think? I I I tend to believe that because we've got Penn State at home and because Gary Barta has already decided that it does not matter what the actual dictates of his job are, uh, and that that instead he says that what was it, the the composition of the team is better for Michigan or something to that effect when that's not like a a, a criteria he's allowed to use, um, and head to head wins are indeed a criteria. Uh, but anyway, I will say this: uh, I I think we need to beat Penn State better than Michigan beat Penn State because we've got them at home. I think it's dumber than that. I think if MSU and uh, Michigan only lose to Ohio State for the rest of the year, Michigan's loss to Ohio State will be more recent and thus it will cost them more. So uh, 
I think the fact that MSU wins at the end of the season in this scenario, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but in this scenario and Michigan loses means that MSU will jump U of M. I hope. I mean, because we're going to, if we lose this week, we're going to fall farther. The distance between us is going to be farther. Okay. I so. mean, we're going to move up a little bit for beating Maryland. Yeah, but so will they. They just beat Penn State. Sure. Sure. Uh, all right. Let's do a role reversal. Um, oh, wait. Sorry. Um, next question from Eman Sinner. In honor of Coughlin apparently uh, blowing out his leg while getting down on one knee. Have you ever had a severe injury doing something mundane? Ooh, great question. I have, nothing comes immediately to mind, but I've definitely heard of this happening. You guys. I don't have any plum. Y'all getting older. So. No. Are you not? Uh, Are you Peter Pan? No. Uh, When we were going to a bowl game, one of the, one of the, uh, one of my friends from college that we were driving with, uh, just reached over to grab something and like threw out her back. And we had to like, there were all of these things that we had to do uh, to get her down, to ferry her down to uh, Orlando. Um, She was a real trooper throughout, but it was like driving was not fun for her. The game was not fun for her. (laughs) Anyway, that's what immediately comes to mind to me. But um. Next up from you, Man Center, uh, let's do a role reversal. Can each of you pick a Heisman hopeful QB, Young, Stroud, Coral, and make a case why he should get the Heisman over Young QBs, uh, the other QBs, and Kenneth Walker III? Um, no, no, there is no, there is no case to be made for any of them. It's just Kenneth Walker should just get it right now, today. And I would also say they just are the QBs on good brands of winning teams. Like, if anything, that maybe is the argument for. Coral? Yeah. Okay. The coral is is the one that that doesn't apply to. So that maybe that's my argument for why it would be him then. Uh the other two I just I don't I don't see it. I mean other than they just play on good teams. Um and they're the next iteration of a good quarterback on a good team. Right. Right. Uh it, in fact, I think I think someone on the broadcast made the the point that or someone did anyway that that uh that the reason Ken Walker should should win the Heisman is because what he he has elevated a team in, in a way that no other player has. And I also read someone right in fairness. This is very true that Ken Walker has done what he's done in spite of the offensive line play. In Michigan State. <laughs> I think we've made that observation on this podcast. In fact, yes. uh, next up, Nate C. What do you think the rumors surrounding a new football facility and co- uh, what do you think of the, the rumors surrounding the new football facility and Coach Tucker's extension. Well, the football facility is happening. I know that the plans have not been finalized on it, but the board trustees has already voted to begin that process. Um, so that's going to take place. I think the scope is what matters at this point. And when you've already got 30 some million in the bag, um, and that's just in big money donations, and I think we'll probably see that happen. Um, and we've kind of touched on the Tuck ex- extension, the idea that the university is trying to uh, extend him um, for a period of time and announcing that, as I said before, as quickly as possible. Anything else that you guys want to add to this? I'd like to see his buyout upped. 
Yeah. That's all I got. I mean, that'll be part of the extension for sure. And, and I think, in fact, Nate C adds, if there is an actual extension, should we prepare ourselves for the quote, I just got my extension, fat and sassy, let down season. Uh, I, I'll say two things on this. One, uh, I, I don't think there's such thing as fat and sassy with Mel Tucker. I, I genuinely believe that dude wants to win all the time. Uh, I will also say this, that we are going to lose some talent and yeah. some, and we are going to lose some people who are not great, but like are experienced. So it's be prepared for transfer portal season part two. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think Tucker's is hell bent on building this through the recruiting ranks, but is not interested in let down seasons. And we are set up for, you know, no one thought this season was going to go this way. So to call it a letdown is a bit crazy, but I think we are, are due for potentially a, a downshift next year. A correction, maybe? <laughs> yeah, yeah a, a little market correction. Uh, last from Nate C. Should we add the in front of MSU Spartans for this week only? Bum. We are. Th oh, go ahead. Yeah, plumb. Yeah, for sure this. we should. And why shouldn't we? Because the Ohio State hasn't earned shit. So, yeah, fine with that. Does the band go? Should we try to script out the uh yeah, yeah. on our side of the field totally. i also don't know how you can be presented by rocket mortgage without the like it just doesn't make sense as a sentence mm -hmm. well done you mm -hmm. uh, uh this is a great question nancy appreciate it not not that we don't appreciate your questions of course uh but verbose dutch asks can you recall an msu athlete with a similar career path to connor hayward yeah no. i mean the man is having we didn't talk about him during the during the review of the game but quite the redemption arc this season yeah, yeah. He's been he's been okay. I mean, it's really uncommon for a player to enter the transfer portal and then come back. So even just to do that would be a lot. But then to make such an impact on the team as well, I I can't think of one. I can't think of the the best would be like a former whipping boy that makes good. Um, so that would be Kenny like Goins. A Kenny. I was just gonna say like a Kenny Goins situation. Yep. Um, yep. Plum, can you think of anyone else? Mm, no. No. Okay. All right. Next up. Great radio. Great from radio. the Nick Kamansky. Uh, are you planning to watch Wheel of Time on Amazon Prime? No, I'm going to watch it on Netflix. How about you guys? <laughs> I don't even know what it means. It's it's the adaptation of the of the fantasy novels, Alex. Um and I'm going to be there for every moment. Nick, let's start our, our uh, Wheel of Time companion podcast. Um, that should be what your takeaway was from our ad earlier. Um, if you got the anchor ad uh, that we got our pennies out of. I said cents and I didn't say how many of the cents. It could be thousands. It could be millions of cents. Um, next up from Nick Kamansky, do you think the Ohio State coaches are more concerned about the MSU game or the Michigan game? Right now, it's the MSU game for sure. Yeah, it, I don't. If they're sleeping on us, that's hilarious. Uh, I and I don't think they are. No. So. No. I'm just kind of glad this one's not at night. Uh, maybe we'll catch up on it. Maybe they'll still be asleep. Uh, yeah. Um, Sleepy Ryan day. That's what they say. Next up for Nick Kamansky Plum. Do you believe that there are aliens among us? 
And if so, why did the Weekly World News get the scoop on all the other news outlets? Uh, I do believe there are aliens among us, and I don't believe they know how to trim their eyebrows. See further Ryan Day. So, um, yeah, and it's the only thing that makes sense as to why he's improbably good at his job, or at least his team is improbably good, despite the fact that he doesn't speak English uh, and you know nearly like anyone would if they were human, because he's not a human. Speaking of the Weekly World News, did Batchild have a unibrow? Maybe Ryan Day was Batchild. Um, and then is overcorrecting by yeah. making miles uh, of distance between them. Anyway, CTNTC's up next. Uh, gentlemen, are you caught up on succession? Thoughts on the season so far? I'm not. It's in my queue. I, I haven't watched it, though. Same. What about you guys? Yeah, same. Gotta watch it. Haven't yet. And looking forward to seeing it because there's it. so much blasted TV. Yep. All right. CT asks next the question that we didn't even touch on. What are your thoughts on the arena football league jerseys that MSU wore? The neons returned. Does anyone have an opinion on them? Cause I've got some thoughts. Uh, if anyone wants to share, I think I love the hatred. That's what I think. I, I could take them or leave them, but. I, I love, I am nourished by the hatred. Yeah. Did you guys see Darius Snow was asked about them? No. Yeah. He was asked about them and, uh, and he said, I love them. I loved him when I was a recruit. I loved him when we wore him last time. I love him now. He says, you know, I, like I, I love him with the dark pants. Like it's a color rush thing. Um, he asked. He was asked about the font as a graphic designer. He's like, I love it. There's nothing about it. Any criticism goes in the left ear, out the right. Um, and and first of all, I love that enthusiasm from Darius. And my thought on the jersey is, it's not my jersey. Like if the if the players like it, then I think that's genuinely all that matters. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, I think they look kind of cool. Like I I don't want them every game. But, yeah. you know, once a year, it's fun. Yeah, I, Go I'm find with you. I, I like it. I, I like them every once in a while. Yeah. I And I, hot take, I like the neon pants. Bring back the pants. Here, here. Uh, uh, next up from CTNTC, the biggest question to me for MSU uh, basketball was who is going to be the player who can manufacture buckets in the half court? Last year it was Henry. Who is it this year? Surprisingly, it might be Hogarth. Wow. That's like basically our conversation from earlier <laughs> outlined in one sentence. Yeah, much more succinct. Yeah. Uh, it's uh it's a great question, CT, and one that we'll be keeping an eye on with great interest. Yeah, I think we gotta see the, the half court shake out a bit more. I don't think it might be Hogard. Like I, I just don't think that's his skill set. No, I, I think it might be uh, you know, maybe could be Tyson Walker. Mm, well, I mean, of everyone, that's what we've seen the least of. We'll just see how everyone matures. Um, well, that'll be the plan. Uh, next up from Mama Maple Leaf. Uh, which of these will you do to help you get through the game? Watch with friends, preferably those who are known to be calmer than you. Two, don't consume alcohol or caffeine prior or during the game. That's not it. Three, don't check <laughs> social media during the game. That's not, not it. it. Uh, or four, remember that it's just a game. Not it. No. Is this... Is I would ask, is this the single-handed worst question we've ever received in the entire time we've done Twitter questions? Mamopoly, if it's like it's like you don't even know us. I, I just have to say. Um 
None of these are acceptable. Do answers. you listen to the podcast? <laughs> I'm seriously concerned that someone has hacked into her account and taken it over. Yeah. Someone do, you... do a wellness check on Mamopoly. Yep. Have you heard how we talk about Alex Plum's reactions during the middle of a game? <laughs> like, does any of that sound like his behavior? <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I can I can understand why she'd be concerned for my wellness. I, I'm concerned for my wellness, but what I love though is that you could be very sober and still bring that same energy. Yeah, I wasn't. That is, I was not drinking. I was not drinking during watching that game. So. <laughs> I love you. You're my favorite. All right. Next up from a Maple Leaf. I hear there's a big game coming up for MS. She spells big the way Big Ten. All right, cool, cute. It's it's an it's an audio format. Uh, I hear there's a big game coming up for MSU. At least ESPN will be there for game day, and I hear that we are hoping to be serving up Buckeyes. Speaking of all things nuts, oh, wow. what's your favorite? Can't be without. Just have to have snacking nut, or is it simply an entire pecan pie? Also, Maple Leaf, you keep saying I hear this, I hear that, like. What are your sources? Who are you hearing this from? You make it sound like you're hanging out at a water cooler. Anyway, anyone got some thoughts on nuts? Plum, I'll start with you. Nuts for nuts. Let's just say that. Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't really snack on nuts. I guess I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. I. I. We hit. We made chili and ate it with Fritos on Saturday. Ooh. Does that count? That was really good. Do you yeah, like the pecan I pie. Think, love pecan I think that pie. Counts. In fact, in fact, this is a free shout out for Sister Pie. If you live in the Detroit area, you probably already missed it, but every year they uh, they have a pre order for their Thanksgiving pies, and I always do the brandy pecan, and it is delicious. So, mm. Mm. Sister Pies, huh? Sister pie. Is that another way of saying preserved homemade? Oh, we all remember preserved homemade. Oh, let's not. Why do it? Why? It's, it's, <laughs> it's just an unforced error on your part. I do, I do enjoy a pecan that is uh, like a sweet and spicy situation. Wow. You know, like a it's, it's glazed, but with like some cayenne in it. Mm. Wow, so good. Uh, really, but good. otherwise, not a nuts person. Uh, last from a maple leaf, Tucker on yesterday's game. Quote: It wasn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but it was good enough to get the job done. End quote. What's your view of that take for the OSU game? What does perfection look like and what does good enough look like? What I is mean, the key to unlock an upset? Again, lots of questions packed in here. These are, these are conversations that we've already had. We've got levitation. We've got extra dudes. We've got arming them. Um, perfection is winning the game and good enough is, is whatever, also winning the game. Whatever that took to happen <laughs> is good enough for me. I mean, if you want to key, I, I think Ken Walker's got to have himself a day and I'm not talking 300 yards, but like 150 will do. 150 is going to keep Ohio state honest and, and you know, hopefully he doesn't have to carry it 30 times to do it. But if he's at 22 carries in 150, I think you're having a great day. Well, we'll see. Uh, next up for Mr. Neurotic pants who has his finger on the pulse, specifically asking plum. Can you name names? Which players are underperforming their way into Maction next year? <laughs> oh my god. Did you guys see Rocky Lombardi's game, by the way? Uh I I know that his numbers this season are ridiculous. I do know that. Oh, he won it one at the last second with just I, oh my god. He's having he's having himself a year and I'm I'm happy for him. 
Hmm, good for him. Um, no, I'm not. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait on this one. Other than to say that Steven, Stefan, Stefanio, Rusnak, I hope. I don't care if he's walking. I don't care if he doesn't have a scholarship. I don't care if he's basically a club football player that's moonlighting <laughs> for our program. I hope his professors and student advisors and family members require him to play at Buffalo next year. So, As a walk-on. As a walk-on. <laughs> as a walk-on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Next up from Mr. Neurotic Pants, Tom Izzo hot take. You're boom farting and butt cheesing hit the <laughs> straw in the wrong barn. The score speaks for itself. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what that any, but I don't know what that is. I don't know, but I'm going to start incorporating boom farting and butt cheesing into everything that I say. <laughs> Butt cheese is going to become a big part of my lingo. That's for sure. Uh, and and referring to things as in the wrong barn, I also think is probably <laughs> yeah. going to hit, hit the straw in the wrong barn. Um, <laughs> next up, hot take from Raymond Chains. Once Maryland becomes a more established and disciplined team, the program will become top 25. With a few less drops and penalties, they win this game. You could say the same thing about Michigan and Nebraska, though, and it it doesn't it. I don't. I don't know. I, mean, I don't. Michigan think is so. a top twenty five team right now. Yeah, I right now, yes. But you get my point that like you can always point to the oh, if we hadn't dropped the ball or if we'd had a few less penalties, sure. But that didn't change what happened. Right. It's what you do the next year, and for a while now, Maryland's mo has been to put up a bajillion points in the first four games and then just proceed to shit the bed for the rest of the season. And uh, also Raymond James, I, I'll concede that it would have been closer certainly, but I think, I think MSU still would have won this game. Um, yeah. I think MSU actively won the game rather than Maryland lost it. Um, we kind of covered this, uh, but Jonesy, anything else that you want to say from the upper deck jerk guy? What'd you think about Gabe Brown's game against Western? 17 points, I believe. What do you think? Yeah, 17 points. I mean, look, for a dude who's 3 and D, uh, you know, could have played better D and hit no threes. So uh, I do love my favorite thing about Gabe Brown's game from Western. This is truth. Seven for seven from the free throw line. We didn't even talk about the free throw problems that this oh team is God. almost certainly going to have. And we will because it's going to come up again. But more important than that is that Gabe Brown got to the free throw line. Because that has been my biggest gripe about Gabe Brown is that he does not drive to the hole often enough. And he did. And I love that. I mean, he doesn't need to go seven for seven, but that he got there seven times. That's great. Or not seven times, but you know what I mean? So, yeah. All right. Last up. All right. Round Robin. Who cares? Uh, my second question would be from the Epidemic Jerk guy. How many blocks will the Spartans have this year? Um, interesting question. Uh, because I, I mean, I didn't really think that this team was a fantastic blocking team in either of the games that I watched. I don't think that's something that the bigs bring, but maybe that's the point. I mean, they had nine in the Western game. Uh, but they had, they couldn't have had very many against... Kansas three. three. Yeah. So three's not bad. Average that out six a game, seven a game, maybe something like that. Um, I could see, I mean, I guess that's a fair number. Yeah. I'm going to say, um, 
137. There you that's, go. That's there you go, upper deck jerk guy. Plum, what do you think? 137 <laughs> blocks? Mm, 227. 227, all right. 227, why not? You, you heard it here first. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us. Uh, guys, it felt nice coming off the loss to come back and and see the team rebound so well uh you know it's really annoying to hear but the goals truly are all in front of us and this is a huge week um win or lose right like this is still going to say a lot about where we are as a program um and so for that i think all i have to say is go green go white go white alex Plum and michael jones